Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm host Fen, and joining me is... Your host, Fen. <laughs> yeah, callback to an ancient bit. Was that our first episode? Was that our first, that episode? first episode? I'm your co-host, Ben Enns. Uh, we're also joined by self-identified Mizuguchi Murray in real life, Catherine. Hello, I'm back. Uh, Welcome back. <laughs> Today, we once again have another Tight Moon Light episode as we cover the remainder of the first run of Melty Blood manga called Act 2 in some places. Melty Blood Act 2, to be clear. Uh, so to make up for the lack of meaty Tight Moon stuff, we ha- uh, have dr- some drinks to sip and a virtual word to explore with more Caligula Effect chat. I forgot to get my Mountain Dew. Okay, it's URT time. Um, I looked. So every Saturday, I've said this before. Yes probably fully half the listeners of this podcast know this because like i have i have gone with them Mm -hmm. uh that's 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 a lie we have more than three listeners (laughs) um uh i go get pastries and bagels bagels for ben uh gluten-free pastries for me Mm -hmm. i was brioche this morning i don't wake up early enough so i get i get treats when i wake up um sounds nice (laughs) uh and this morning, I was a little sleepy, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "I will grab coffee on my way back." I know that there's a there's a um like pretty tasty canned nitro like cold brew coffee that I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's good." That's like I anyone who's like a coffee snob is probably looking down their nose at me and are like, "Why don't you make your own coffee?" Or like actually you just have bad taste canned coffee makes you seem like a kind of mature anime girl though <laughs> this you is like a good point stuff um <laughs> and yeah. so i searched for a can of coffee because that's the that is like that is like the perfect amount of coffee for when i'm really tired is like a can of coffee and i could not find a can of coffee i did however find almost two liters of cold brew coffee and i was like Ooh. Well, I guess this is my life. This is your day. <laughs> uh, and so I'm drinking a, like, it's good, I would say. Mm-hmm. Solid. Fen is kind of slightly vibrating in place. Just like a, almost imperceptibly. <laughs> this is Fen's second cup of coffee. Okay, the first one was mostly ice and a little bit of coffee. Uh-huh. This is mostly co- coffee with a reasonable amount of ice. If you bought two liters, you don't have to drink all of the two liters in one day. Leave that shit in the fridge for a while. No, 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 no. I want to see what happens. <laughs> I would be, I am not planning on drinking all of it today. I, uh, again, the first cup was like a little bit of coffee, mostly ice. Um, and so I, I served myself enough coffee to last the rest of this podcast mm-hmm. that keep me awake because or right what have you been drinking ben i have nothing that interesting i have a little can of mountain dew for when i get really tired i have no fun drinks this is my life lately i have no fun drinks i've gone back to drinking soda it's bad uh <laughs> i'm gonna be struck down by god for my crimes your gaming skills are gonna increase that you need for this blue archive it is true that I have been gaming a lot lately, <laughs> and that coincided with me drinking more soda. Specifically Mountain Dew. That's that's the bit that gets me. Yes, yes, yes. I was a known gamer at my job. That's gamer fuel. Right oh, there. yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Speaking of, unless Catherine, if if you have a, oh, a fun I also, drink, so well, I just I finished a drink before getting in here, but uh, I had sparkling water for the first time today. Um, <laughs> it tastes like what if water took HRT to become soda? I don't know how <laughs> else to describe it. This is it's a good. comparison. It's good, but it is literally like, okay, we're putting HRT in your water to make it soda. <laughs> uh, I love sparkling water. I, I don't drink soda, I but I also don't like just plain water. So mm-hmm. sparkling water is like it's it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, water. Uh, yeah, that 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 makes sense. I had to get some with my grocery shop this time because we have a uh, we we had like a mild heat wave slash R having, so the mm. grocery store was all out of, mostly out of regular water. And I'm like, what if I tried this sparkling water stuff? And I'm like, you know what? Oh, it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. I don't like drinks that are like mild, and I can't drink a lot of carbonated stuff anyway. So sparkling water is like the antithesis of my uh, existence. Mm-hmm. That that's fair. Okay, jumping back a little bit. Speaking of gaming. <laughs> gaming. Uh, last time we were on pod, which was three weeks ago, so I feel a little rusty. Yes. Um, we talked about Breath of the, the, the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Tears, Breath of the King. <laughs> Breath of the Kingdom. Tears of the Wild. <laughs> which continues to be good, I would say. I think it's a great game. I have, like, settled down on it now. Yeah. Uh... It's the kind of thing that is like, oh yeah, the first like week that it was out, I was like, all I want to do is play this. Yes. Now I'm like, okay, I can like make my way through the rest of this at my own pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need to like shock on it. I played a bunch of Click Effect Overdose this morning. Cause... <laughs> <sighs> Fen, do you want to talk about your Click Effect Overdose Let's Play woes? Okay, so I'm a Goomba. If if we ever do another Let's Play, I'm just streaming all of it so i don't have to deal with like recordings and stuff uh because they're not like highly produced i'm not like uh heavily cutting and editing and like making a nice product i might as well just stream it Mm -hmm. um and at least then people could yell at me for like why are you talking to that person again and like 50 percent of this uh four-hour stream has been you just wandering up to (laughs) randos and saying hello and them saying oh yes he told me about you. I'm a little shy, but <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, and so I sat down uh, last weekend. I sat down like three weekends ago, and then sat down last weekend again to edit videos. Uh, and with a dawning horror, I realized that I didn't have a whole like second half of a dungeon and uh the entirety of a a, like villain's dungeon Mm -hmm. musician's dungeon uh and i was like oh uh yeah okay the uh obvious thing that i should do very clear to everyone is um instead of and i didn't have a save i had to save right after where those uh, videos were recorded. This is wild behavior to me because I keep saves from throughout every game that it is possible for me to keep saves in case this happens, this kind of thing happens. Fen deletes all of her old saves. Okay, I, I had do saves. Too. I, I had I saves every. Wild. Okay, I had saves every couple hours 
uh, starting right after <laughs> They're not gigabyte each saves. I know. Or the space. I know. I'm a dumbass. Yeah, I'm a I, just, fool. I just don't like looking at a save screen and seeing 900 bajillion saves. That's not my lifestyle. Uh-huh. Well, to be fair... You weren't trying to record it and lost a bunch. <laughs> okay, yes. Specifically, if I was recording a game, I would probably take a slightly <laughs> different strategy. So, all of this is to say that this has given me two things. An opportunity to replay all of the riveting dungeons in Caligula <laughs> Effect Overdose. <laughs> and uh, I am going to do... New game plus. Yeah. I am going to do some of the like super bosses. Because I wanted to. Wild person behavior to me. Um, you couldn't pay me to. Caligula uh, Effect Overdose has super bosses? Yes. There, those doors, right? The word doors? Yes. The Bro. wildest system in the world is uh, there are doors that have three just random collections of letters that you need to unlock them. And you get those letters by a like, low percentage drop from certain enemies and so basically what they are is you go online and look up a guide that has all of the the words listed out mm -hmm. and you just go through and enter all of them uh and then yeah they're like they're harder fights uh <laughs> harder than anything in the in the main game at least um that game wasn't very good as a game yeah. I, I can't imagine try, act, actively seeking out a more difficult fight. This is the thing about <laughs> New Game Plus is that I am high enough level that enemies will not attack me. So I can just kind of wander through the dungeons, which honestly makes their layouts even worse. Because <laughs> oh, you don't I'm have not... the encounters like, that are supposed to assist with the flow. Yes. It's not like... It is literally just, oh... I'm running all the way over there. That's going to take like 30 seconds to a minute. And then I have to run all the way back and nothing's going to happen <laughs> on either of those journeys. I just have to like do that for some reason. Um, anyway, I finished Papico. I'm going to move on to whatever the next one is. So Fen is going to finish the our first Crying Lots Rules LP out. Yes. Which is good. Um, yeah, I'm Any so plans sorry. Any to... for the second? We'll see. The thing with the second is that uh, I feel like there's probably Let's Plays out there. Oh, you know no, I, I, mean? do, I don't mean the second Caligula effect game. I, I specifically mean another Crying Rolls LP. Oh. I might do a... I would do a... a two lp mm. stream me mm -hmm. new game plus and two about it i don't know well it would have to be uh it would have to be something uh real interesting yeah if we ever do dragon card <laughs> oh that would oh, be yeah that weird. would be a good time <sighs> okay okay the by some definition of good time it would be a horrible time from what i hear but yeah the other thing uh that we have that both Ben and I ha that has taken over Ben and I's life, really, mm -hmm. is uh, Arknights yeah. as a roguelike mode. It uh, slaps. That is very good. <laughs> um, 
the the first iteration phantom and the crimson soul second okay second iteration uh-huh the first iteration is um a girl eats mushrooms that she finds in the forest uh and she dreams about honey biscuits and she hallucinates a roguelike yes and hallucinates a roguelike um the second iteration that was a limited time it was like two weeks or something mm-hmm. um and that was hard yeah given the operators that existed at the time uh and then the second iteration was phantom and the crimson solitaire mm-hmm. which the theme is like whatever i don't really care about any of this but like was pretty solidly fun um and the third iteration is mizuki and cerulea ardor cerulean ardor um which rules (laughs) it's incredible um it is kind of a pain in the ass that they've locked some interesting like plot stuff behind uh, a fairly difficult roguelike mode and some of it even further behind extremely difficult challenges it's but I can't imagine trying to do a roguelike within the confines of mobile game, game, like social, you know, Japanese mobile game gameplay. It feels fascinating that it works. Things don't mesh in my mind. Okay, Uh to be fair, one, it is a Chinese (laughs) mobile game (laughs) gameplay. Uh, The yeah, I think Arknights as a tower defense game. Uh, where you take a lot of operators is like very well suited to yeah. um a roguelike. Yeah. Okay, um, so this is the part where I reveal that I know so little about Arknights that I did not know that it no, was a tower was... defense game, and I just assumed it was like I assumed the gameplay was kind of like Blue Archives. That's really funny. Blue Archive roguelike would be funny but i don't think it would be would not good <laughs> no um arknights is a surprisingly fun to play has been my uh, experience with arknights yeah like grand order it has its moments where it's kind of fun you know what i mean it's like satisfying yeah yeah it's you're kind of like it's thematic in that you kind of are relying on your girls to make smart decisions and they don't because they're children yeah <laughs> I, I saw someone say that like autoplay uh reveals that sensei's tactical genius is not overstated yes <laughs> uh and then arc knights is a really smart uh like strategy tower defense game yeah um i think that yes it like i would say grand order it, uh has certain fights where they disable you from using command spells mm-hmm. and those tend to be the most interesting because otherwise the challenge is well i'm going to make this harder for myself by refusing to use command spells mm-hmm. and, or i ran out and i'm impatient to get to the yeah. next chunk um yeah uh, grand order can design interesting encounters but the minute to minute playing of grand order of fighting like six trash mobs is mm-hmm. not that interesting yeah i find it like satisfying to do and i like keeping my hands busy while i'm listening to a podcast kind of sense Mm -hmm. but yeah um, that makes sense uh i think i do like the command spell mechanic because it's like some people are here mostly for the story and but do want to experience it in the game you know what i mean they don't yeah struggle against the fight so that's okay you know i don't it doesn't really bother me arc knights 
some of the Arknights fights are really, really hard, even yeah. in just the main story. And it's like most of them you can get through with like if you have if you have like a bunch of low rarity characters that everyone will have mm -hmm. and you've leveled them and you look up a guide. Look up a guide. Uh you get through basically everything. Yes. But um yes, it, it is either uh you are a tactical genius <laughs> um or you have like the right operators or um or a combination of both yes yeah uh and even with the right operators there are some fights like the end of chapter eight is yes. like that is just a very hard fight even if you have all the right operators shout outs to Tallulah. uh shout outs to Tallulah. <laughs> um okay uh yeah this is all to yeah it's it's great the mm -hmm. the they made a bunch of uh like uh the version one to two kind of kept most things the same i feel mm -hmm. like um and it is a sorry just to step back a, a sec yeah, it is a like a... uh slay the spire style that's the one i go to it's like um mm -hmm. the card one inscription yeah. also like you, there's a map you have options about which route to go which, like and, nodes to encounter yeah and there are like battles and there are like encounters that might be one of a bunch of different things and there are mm -hmm. ones that give you collectibles that power up your operators or do other stuff and, and along the way you are recruiting people from your own bench yes as well as like random encounter operators and upgrading them as you go because they start like low level basically yeah. um so it it incentivizes having a deep bench mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure um but if you do it's really fun yes yeah uh and there are it is it is fun because the roguelike structure means that like you don't get to choose at you don't look at the map and say these are the operators i need you need to take operators that are good on most maps and uh that means that like the incentives for who to recruit are very different mm -hmm. than um like most stages where it's like oh this operator is good for this stage and is not generally good but like mm -hmm. may be very useful um and so it's like fun using a bunch of operators that i wouldn't use elsewhere um they okay right so the between iterations one and two most things stayed the same i think mm -hmm. like they they expanded around it because it was a boat that was around for six months or whatever not you know two weeks um and so added some stuff on top but it mostly felt the same and then they made a bunch of really smart changes mm -hmm. to uh this ben's looking at me expectantly oh no you're just getting way more in depth about this than i was expecting oh i'm sorry no <laughs> it's okay we can move on in a sec <laughs> um finish your thought they made a bunch of really smart changes. Uh, they like modified the way some squads worked. They um, added a bunch of like thematic mechanics on top of mm -hmm. um, what what else is going on. Uh, they changed difficulty. It used to the the uh, version or IS two integrated strategies two the the Phantom one um, had like basically super easy, reasonably hard and uh just uh incredibly punishing <laughs> just rude <laughs> mm -hmm. um and so they they in this one they changed difficulty to like there are 15 tiers of difficulty that each one introduces a new um wrinkle wrinkle 
Um, some of which are like, oh yeah, that seems fine. And others of which are like, oh, that totally changes everything about how I recruit operators. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just very fun. The endings are great. Um, it's got plot. Yeah, there's some like really fun plot in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's good. Uh huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're talking so long no, about no, it. No. You don't have to apologize. It's just uh, uh, we don't we haven't really like talked about Arknights yet, right? Mm-hmm. We we like mention it a lot, but we don't really we haven't really like gone in depth uh on it. Uh, so trying to explain how IS works cold uh when it's not even the focus of our yuri tea time is tricky and i'm surprised you were up for the challenge (laughs) okay now what we're actually here for which is now it's the start of yuri tea time that was not yuri tea time that was just a warm-up okay i start i'm just kidding i'm just yeah yeah anyway uh the caligula effect episode marie mizuguchi the world through her eyes is it Marie or is it Marie? Has anyone seen the katakana? Let's have a look. Uh, I call her Marie because that's just how Marie is spelled, but her last name is Japanese. Her surname is Japanese. Does Wiki have her? It might not. Uh... Right, kana, not katakana. Okay, so okay, so her name is in kanji, actually. So it's Marie. Uh, yeah. Let me have. Uh. Yeah, I think I think you can go either way with it. Is the impression mm-hmm. I have from a very quick Google search. It looks like uh, the the furigana for her for her two name is marie okay it's gonna be really hard for me to adjust to that <laughs> yes i have always called her marie <laughs> um um yeah i don't know if i'm up to the challenge we're, we're probably just gonna call her marie for this episode <laughs> we're yeah pronounce her name wrong for one more episode bear with us <laughs> Possibly another if you ever end up doing the Caligula effect anime. <laughs> oh, oh God! I don't know that there's enough in there for a whole episode. <laughs> Probably okay. not. So, we all read the uh, Caligula effect novel. Yes. Uh, who who wants to give us a rundown of the novel? This was shockingly good. Yeah, it was fun. I, it's really good. I like it a lot, honestly. Uh, I was uh, not, not like turned off, but just kind of like, yeah, I guess this is fine mm-hmm. for like the first half. We should talk about what the novel, the setup for the novel is. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, in a general sense, uh-huh. and then kind of was okay. So the novel, the framing device for the novel is that after the end of uh caligula effect overdose no no okay sorry end of caligula effect no colon no overdose this comes out before overdose so overdose stuff isn't doesn't exist in it yes um it ends up affecting things quite a bit i think a little bit well like uh 
some things are different. The fact that no one knows what Wicked looks like, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, like little little bits like that uh, end up being different. <laughs> the whole setup is that uh, the protagonist feels like they never got to talk to Wicked or understand her at all. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like, Overdose, you get to hang out with Wicked a bunch. Yeah. Well, to be, uh, yes, so to be fair, in, mm-hmm. even in Overdose, her... It still comes so, to the same conclusion. Her social link does not actually give you, relative to basically every other character, you relatively don't get that much her social link is second to last right yeah or like thorn is the last dungeon there is a point in the uh novel and there's a point in the story there's a point in the novel where uh mew and protagonist are like okay we understand kind of why like who wicked is now like a like a shithead (laughs) yeah <laughs> but this can't this can't be it we let's we need to dig deeper the social link kind of ends at that spot of like okay yeah. so she's so she's a horrible person but like what Why? else is there you know yeah yeah anyway anyway so it's post the end of caligula effect one yes uh all of the rest of the go home club has gone home and the male protagonist because they're female protagonist doesn't exist yet uh they also never would have made this about the girl protagonist i know <laughs> but it's way better if it is the it girl. would be way better it, if it was or girl, rather it is it is very funny because this also frames that it's like oh no the male protagonist is a 16 or like 17 year old boy uh does it i you don't get like Parts of this are from the protagonist's perspective, but you don't get that much detail. Like, there are moments where uh, someone is like, oh, were you her classmate? Um, uh, is like, but Marie's not that young anymore. Marie yeah. would be in her No, but uh, her friend is... No. Her friend is still going to high school. This timeline doesn't make any sense with how long Mobius existed for. But also, Probably. was she in Mobius from the moment that it started existing? No, but she had to have been pretty early, because the musicians were around for a while. She yeah. She like, the new kid. She was yeah. around, well, like, the second most popular after Thorne, right? Yeah, so my assumption is that this Marie... This makes no sense. Marie in real life has to be, like, probably in her mid-twenties minimum... Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Okay, wait. I looked. Um, I looked at the character info for Marie. It does say uh, Mobius age seventeen, reality age seventeen. So this makes very little sense to me. Yeah. It. It. If you st- anime ages are like stupid and nonsense and no, don't make that much that. sense. Even beyond that, Mobius existed for what, like five years, seven years? Because of we got that from uh, Kobato in in two. You know what I mean? Oh yes. And then so to we be do fair, exist for like a couple years too. Yeah. So I guess. And there's a gap between them. <laughs> well, okay, yes, but this is like right after the game ends. Mm-hmm. So she could have spent like six months, a year. That's in. just. The fact, the idea that uh, Murray, who was uh, 
miserable and in a uh, like uh, rage-induced coma <laughs> and w- did not go to Mobius for like seven years or something like that or for like five years is so weird to me. Yeah, it, it doesn't make that much sense. I'm just going to choose not to think about it because it's not that important yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. No, but you're, you're right, Fen. That's a really weird decision. Because I always read the protagonist as being a little bit older, especially since yes, the, the protagonist, like, like the idea that the boy protagonist is kind of set up with um, Kotono, is that her name? Yeah. Who's like a in her 20s middle-aged mom, or yeah. not middle-aged, sorry, uh, in her 20s single mom. And, yeah, and mean... his entire... Or, or the protagonist's entire bit with um Kensuke is mm. like no actually like being adult it is kind of sucks yeah. but okay, like okay so hear me out here what if we're just reading a little too much into that bit like what if the protagonist just looks like a slightly a younger guy you don't what even if have he's just to got a baby face? Yeah, you don't even have to have, like, a proper baby face, like, you know, if But that you're... still means Marie is really young. Yes, that still yeah. means Marie is really young, but if you're thinking about it from the protagonist's perspective, like, you know, um, if you don't have, um, you know, speaking of experience, if you don't have facial hair and you're, like, male-presenting, it's very easy to get mistaken for younger than mm-hmm. you are anyway we're getting off track. all of it, we're getting off track I, again. I, what is this book about <laughs> um okay so uh mobius has been destroyed mobius has been destroyed the rest of the go home club has made it home um they're in the metaverse the protagonist is stuck there and mew is like wait a sec you're you're concerned about marie Mm-hmm. Let's uh let's look at her past and see if we can't understand her a little better. Mm-hmm. Seems she's still stuck there too. They don't really say that till later, but yeah. Um, and so that is the the book is uh, a mix of kind of her uh real life past and her experiences in Mobius. Um. Yeah. That's it's, and Mew and uh, right. the protagonist and the, the, like reacting to it and being yeah. like, "Whoa, whoa. <laughs> she's the Joker." It, There's it, too it, much of Mew and the protagonist in this. Yeah. Too much Mew and protagonist. There's some Mew stuff I like in this. Yeah, sure. The, the, the I Mew just... stuff. The Mew stuff in this is interesting. I really like it, but um, okay. Uh, you know, t- tell me if I'm talking too much. A lot of the Caligula Effect 2 stuff is, like, built around the fact that there is an immutable distance between virtual dolls and people, and Mm -hmm. the direction they take with Mew in this novel is very much like, oh, after having developed proper emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. she is functionally a real person. And, like, this is how you can tell that, like, you know, Caligula Effect game people might have given the writer the plot, but the writer, not the person who worked on the games. So there's a bit of a disconnect over there. I do think that this is not complete. I think it it maybe goes a little far, but I do think this isn't completely uh, at odds with how Mew is presented by Key in in Caligula Effect 2, because 
Mew is kind of the most human Virtua doll, which is how things go so poorly in yes, Mobius. Yes, right? th- that, that is the one true. With empathy in a way that all the rest of them seem unable to have, you know. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like doesn't uh, doesn't completely disconnect for me. Yeah, sure, sure. I I can accept that. You won me over. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone love. Everyone wants to fuck the protagonist. That is my my main complaint about this is that uh, there is barely anyone who's like romantically interested in the protagonist. Yes, there's there's one, and it's a lesbian, and yeah. she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, this frames it as. Oh no, the protagonist is the hottest man alive. Yeah. But not even is like a plain man, but every girl wants him. This is this is protagonist disease. He's yeah. got protagonist disease really strong. Um to the extent that like the it opens with it's not hard to read the opening <laughs> as a sex scene between Mew and the protagonist. It was yeah. intimate at least. The protagonist doesn't have a body, and there's like this like weird moment of intimacy of like them finding each other in the void, you know. And and yeah. you like wiggling around on the protagonist's like soul, soul uh-huh. like, uh, yeah. Women love to do that, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know the 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 most of the protagonist Mew stuff like was fine. Mm-hmm. I'm here for I. Again, and and a lot of the Mew or a lot of the Maria stuff that happens, um, uh, like prior to scene four, which there are five scenes, mm-hmm. uh, is like, yep, she talked about this in the game. Yep, mm-hmm. she talked about this in the game. Yeah, I got it. She was abused. And okay, to be fair, I think I think a big part of your reaction to that comes from the fact that you did two first not not like first relative to one because i don't think that matters that much in this context but doing two before the novel uh they put all they put stuff from the novel into as it Mm -hmm. is relevant if you um i did this stuff you know in the release order but like not in the release order but like in the proper order if you're just going from overdose to this book, which is how I did it, mm-hmm. the, the expansions on Marie's backstory in the first few acts, it like it is meaningful and interesting. Like it's mm-hmm. it doesn't really have the feel of oh here's the stuff I know. Oh, what I meant was in in her social link mm-hmm. in overdose, mm-hmm. most of what she said i was like yep 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 i don't think we really get into her like actual backstory too much do we? no we really don't her her social marie's social link is like very minimalistic um okay okay we're we're getting in the weeds we have to talk about this thing we can't just argue about (laughs) so protagonist and mew they are trying to follow uh, what what happened to Marie in her life to make her the way that she is, to make her into Wicked. Uh, we get a bunch of, like, uh, Marie waking up from nightmares about her past, right? She was yeah. abused by her parents. Her dad was abusive. Her mom was, like, kind of nice to her. Then her dad got arrested. Her mom abused her instead. And she was like, okay, everyone in the world is like this. Yeah. 
both her parents get like arrested or leave her or something like that. I think it's different for both of them. She ends up with her grandparents. Her grandfather beats her too, you know, and she has this moment of like going to another girl's house in her class and finding out that other people's parents don't beat them. And this is like the start of her villain arc, you know? Yeah. She decides she finds it uh, entertaining uh, and it makes her feel alive to hurt other people and to uh, bring them the same kind of despair that she has. Right. To like Mm -hmm. break up friendships and et cetera, et cetera. She is like a little bit of a a, like Saturday morning cartoon villain in a a little bit. Some of the time and that she's like, she's like the the Joker for women against me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She's a JRPG villain. Yes she's like the joker but for women yes yes um so we do get this fun uh like energy when we're in the like mobius stuff right where she's we get to see more of uh mizuguchi marie uh marie uh like interacting with members of the go home club as a normal person right it, and we okay. get her internal monologue which is like uh like a horrible like nightmare spew all the time this sells so much better that like the the bit where they're all stuck in a room mm-hmm. they're trapped in a room and they're like, oh, yeah, of course, like, Maria is here, Mizuguchi yes. is here, and, like, of course she's helping us. Mm-hmm. Because, it's like, oh, yeah, they, they, like, did stuff together. It's not the, like, oh, you start the game and you see her once, once or twice, and then, like, acts later she comes back and they're all trapped in a room. And it's like, I haven't. You're obviously the villain. Yes. I haven't seen you in like however many hours. Uh-huh. I know that you're evil. Really, like, uh, they should have had regular Marie social links. Along yeah, with the Naraku Naraku uh, social links. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So that you yeah. were unsure of which one was. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It also does a lot to build up the relationship between her and Naraku, uh, which is the uh, the troll from uh, yeah. from the Go Home Club. She gets really attached to Marie, uh, and mm-hmm. Marie is like, I'm going to fuck this bitch over so <laughs> hard as soon as I have the opportunity, because I'm a nasty girl. <laughs> right, so we get uh, the circumstances of Marie's real-life downfall that led to her getting sucked into Mobius, right? There's an interesting bit where we see her... Uh, we see her getting conned by Mew into coming to Mobius, and she's like, ah, the devil is talking to me. Of course the devil would look at this beautiful, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. That, that yeah. stuff's great. Yeah, something um, something I really like about the Mobius bit of this book is, like, Mari is somebody who, like, because of her life experiences and perspective, like, she doesn't buy into Mobius at all mm-hmm. and also because of this has a deep understanding of like why it is not functional like mm-hmm. there's this bit i love where she's where she's like oh mew makes everyone into high school students but like realistically people who would want to go back to that time probably had it really bad and wouldn't want mm-hmm. to be reminded of it in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. And, uh, like, the other thing is that she's 
she ha- sees herself as having no options in the real world because we find out pretty quickly she's uh, paralyzed and in a coma. Paralyzed from the neck down. From the neck down. That's a, that's a rough one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, how did she get there? It takes a long time to actually get this. Actually story. get there. I do like the like. We get the early bits where it's like, uh, oh, she will ingratiate herself with a friend group and then tr- do something horrible and then like laugh in their face when they all find out and then transfer schools, mm-hmm. right? And then we get to one particular person. Sakura is her name, I yeah. think. Yeah. And this is this is like the the one that completely breaks her, right? Uh huh. Um. This to me. Maria and Sakura is Yuri. <laughs> that could have been Yuri, yes. Yes. Would it have been Yuri if she pushed that girl down the stairs? Yes. It would have been a form of Yuri. <laughs> would it have been Yuri if she if Sakura saved Mermadie instead of the boy? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. At that point it's yeah. not even a question. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, the entirety of that takes a while to, like, co- become clear. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some, like, horrible details, like, uh, Mew, in another case of completely misreading what people want, gave, uh, Marie, like, NPC copies of her parents, but as nice people. Yeah. <laughs> and then she uh, just and... murders them. It's great. Yeah, con- like, comes home from school, kills them. They're alive the next day, kills them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh... Like, really terrible. I guess maybe Mew did not misread the situation. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be making her happy, but it, it seems like it was cathartic at first. I, 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 the thing is, I don't think that was Mew's intent. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Mew does keep bringing them back. I, I assume they have, like, like, auto like, respawn. Wow, she's really clumsy with that knife. I have to bring her parents back <laughs> again? Wow. <laughs> so... Right. Marie transfers to a high school. She's like, this is going to be my, my, my greatest evil Joker job yet. She picks on picks this particular girl, Sakura, ingratiates herself with her, and then turns the whole class against her in such a way that Sakura believes that Marie is uh, still her friend and is just... Sakura wants to believe yeah. that Marie... <laughs> this is the reveal. Like, the whole time Marie is like, what an idiot. What a stupid little, like, loser. This, you know what I mean? Okay. While she's being played herself. This is the funniest thing in the world because, uh, it, and it is, a, I, or I was thinking a lot about Watayuri while mm-hmm. we were, while I was reading this. Um, because similarly, like, Marie believes that she is smarter than everyone and doesn't even entertain the thought that anyone could ever be tricking her. Or she does once and then is immediately like, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. That's not what's happening. <laughs> like, she's very smart, but she like she is so biased in her view of like people that she can't actually use that like intellect properly. Yeah. Around people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Right. So this girl's boyfriend is like always looking at her. So she's like, ha ha ha. She's going to, this girl's going to lose her best friend and her boyfriend in the same stroke. And she's okay. going to kill herself. It's also, gonna be great. also worth saying that the way Sakura talks about Marie, Maria uh-huh. is, uh, that's gay. <laughs> that's your, uh-huh. she's very attached to her. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh this is another thing. Maria did kill two people <laughs> at this point. It seems. Well, Marie, Marie set 
in motion the events that led to two people dying. Okay. She she got two people to fight on the roof of the school and apparently loosened the railing so that if they hit it, they would fall and die. No, I think that, that was just... She said, mysteriously, the railing was... Uh, this, is, this is implying that she did it to me. But I thought... But she thinks... Oh, it's a real bummer that it like happened so fast. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like I wanted to luxuriate in it longer. I uh, I don't know that that means she didn't kill them. <laughs> I read that anyway. Okay, I read that died. as it was an accident. Mm. She definitely set up the circumstances that led to them fighting. Yes, but uh, it was an accident. They just happened yeah. to the rail. Yeah, happened that's to be loose. also how I, I read convinced. it. I'm not convinced by that, but either way, two people died because of Marie's actions, which she feels uh, zero remorse over yes. and is trying to do it again. Yes. Uh, I don't think there's that much of a distinction to me, but uh, it, the way she talks about that railing was very suspicious. <laughs> anyway, the whether or not, it doesn't make that big of a difference, right? Yeah. Because she's trying to kill another person. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, she's from the 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 Kohaku school of I'm not the problem. The, I'm just guiding the problem to get to the solution and getting them to kill each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Sakura stops going to school. Marie reaches out to her, thinking like, "Haha, she's having her breakdown," and. uh has been getting close with her boyfriend too so she's preparing her master stroke she goes over to sakura's house sakura seems fine actually yeah uh they go to like walk to the convenience store together and sakura takes her down a weird path and they're standing on like a, what is it like a bridge over an overpass or something yeah, yeah. like a pedestrian bridge yeah with uh uh, uh with very limit very little railings and it seems like uh-huh <laughs> um this is when Sakura confronts her. Because Sakura's boyfriend, the reason that he's always been looking at Marie is because he knew Marie as a little freak in elementary school. Yes. And, and is like, worried that she's a little freak in high school. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Sakura's Turns out like, she's still a little freak yeah, in high Sakura, school. <laughs> Sakura's like, I want to believe in you. I like re- looked into you. I found out like a bunch of stories and I'm not sure what to believe, but I think that you're a good person. You're still my friend. I want to save you. And what is Marie's uh, reaction? Uh, to push her off, <laughs> to try to push her off the bridge. Yeah. She's like, well, I wanted you to commit suicide, but uh, I guess I'll be, I'll have to satisfy myself uh-huh. with. Yeah. It is very like, oh i'm in a panic this person knows too much about me like she hates it when people act like they understand her yes Uh uh-huh so she's like i'm gonna push her down the stairs but the boyfriend shows up uh to to stop her etc etc there's some kind of scuffle and uh all three of them nearly fall off the bridge the uh the boyfriend and sakura like grab each other and marie falls and uh, breaks her neck yes ouch this is how she gets into uh the i never i did not read the scene in uh where we get the stuff about her being in uh uh paralyzed from the neck down in caligula effect 2 is her being in a coma the whole time too but uh, i guess we are just we could just be hearing her internal monologue as she screams at her uh 
guardian who is saying just let her die <laughs> yeah that's the impression i got yeah 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 well i don't reading it this way i don't think that's how i read it but coma mm-hmm. well she's like i can't do anything i can't talk and like she's only like uh thinking in the scene in the book yeah but, but we she hear is, her like, aware of her surroundings well I read it as, uh, what? You give me a look. No, yeah, just like, she did hear her grandfather talking to the doctor. Yes, yes, yes. But I get the feeling that she's, like, in a state where she cannot respond. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's the kind of, like, uh, uh, the kind of, like, uh, waking coma kind of vibe. Which, you know, I didn't get that vibe from playing Caligafuck 2 first, but that's what it seems like here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of like that scene better if she actually screams at her grandfather, uh, why don't you just kill me yourself? Uh, I, instead uh, of just thinking it. Uh, on some but, level, uh, I, I think... guess I just find it sadder that like she wants to scream that, but like can't even do mm. that. Uh-huh. It does make more sense that her grandfather is standing there being like, just kill her. Can you just kill her? Kill her. You know? <laughs> uh if if he doesn't think she can hear her yeah Yeah. but uh it's also sadder if he's just saying it when she's like in the room (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's terrible either way is the thing so we get a lot of um kind of uh like uh like interactions between marie and the rest of the go home club uh, it's a little like, hey, all of your favorite characters are here. You know, I don't really need her interacting too much with too many members of the Go Home Club. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they, like they had the, like, like author's notes where they're like, uh, we wanted to get in some interactions with all of your favorite characters. And I'm like, I don't really like any of these people. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I think that is like decently fine that I don't like them. But well, again, I think it the her and Narako stuff kind of sold to for me, you know, and and I think it sells I don't think, yeah, some of them are, like, awkward or not great, but um, I think in general, uh, it sells that, like, oh, right, she is a person who the Go Home Club knows and isn't, like, a super close friend with most of them, but they're like, oh, they would not immediately jump to, why is this strange person outside of our door talking to us? (laughs) Um... Oh, yeah, and she's, like, really fixated on the protagonist because she's, like, apparently reading into him being, like, uh, like the boy, like Sakura's boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know? There's this... I don't know that Marie is, is not straight in either game, but this this uh, novel makes her extremely straight. <laughs> yeah, she's into... the Part of the, like, thing with uh, that happens with Sakura is that she's actually... She actually likes this boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, she actually has a thing for him. Yeah. Uh, and, like, when it turns out he was, like, lying to her the whole time, it's extra painful, you know? Yeah. So... What happens now? Right, right. Um... We get the bit where Marie locks them in the club room together. Uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, Marie laughing at uh, at uh, Nanako uh, uh-huh. is great. When yeah, Nanako being like locked in the the closet in the gym or whatever, and it's like 
doing the exact thing that Marie loves to hear the like but I trusted you but you you know what I mean yeah. like saying the lines yeah mm-hmm. so I guess what comes and then like um the the game plays out as it does right they beat uh, they beat wicked we like skip to the end basically yeah. Marie believes that uh wicked believes that um Thorn is dead uh Thorn does die after if well, you look her, at the pro- Thorn's fate is unknown is yeah. the official stance. Okay. She jumps off of something. Yeah. We don't see a body, right? Sure. Uh they heavily implied that she dies. Yeah, but, but they left enough room for them to bring her back <laughs> is uh Yeah. Um And then we get a confrontation between the protagonist Mew and Wicked, right? Mm-hmm. And the protagonist has like a moment of personality <laughs> for once. Okay, right. Uh, a thing I wanted to bring up is that uh, the protagonist in this made me think a lot of the Princess Connect protagonist in the anime, mm-hmm. who is just kind of silent and is mostly the butt of jokes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is not a like particularly funny thing, so that's different. But I could not help but imagine um, the the precon guy. Just like wandering around, like kind of hand signaling, like very basic things. Mm-hmm. Everyone needing to teach him what money means, uh-huh. and like because he doesn't talk at all until uh, until like the very end. Uh-huh. Um. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, he's like a he's like a real mild dude. Also, very funny that they didn't just give him a canon name. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, though that's one of those things where it's like it's way easier to do that in the Japanese language to just talk about somebody without using their name. Him. He. Yes, I the, heard the that tra- he was doing Yes, this. it's very janky in the translation. Uh, the but... translation is like serviceable. Nothing. Oh, oh, yeah. The the, the translation is I I would go as far as to call the translation good. But very specifically, the parts where they have to (laughs) better than Stana, yeah. Um, It's like it doesn't have like a a great like uh, I don't know that it always has a great flow, but it's always like functional. I always understand what's going on, right? Yeah, very very specifically, the part where I'm just taking a little jab is the the part where they don't refer to the protagonist with a name is just naturally going to come off as significantly more clunky in English, and that's the part where. They couldn't really do anything. Yeah, 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 for sure. So the protagonist confronts Wicked in in the metaverses after getting the whole like lowdown on her story and is like, "You're a big fucking baby. <laughs> yeah, you're a huge loser and an asshole, and other people are having a harder time than you, and didn't try to push girls off of bridges about it." <laughs> yeah. Now, admittedly, Maria is in like a pretty pretty bad situation now it's not like she can like go back and like um get get out of bed and make her like improve her life you know what i mean like yeah uh, i'm glad that okay there is a needle being thread here which i think it does a pretty decent job but like uh it could go really poorly here because mew and the protagonist are like wow she really has nothing to live for for a second and i'm like Oh boy. The thing that I was worried about ever since I knew that uh, Marie was um put into a micromobius, right? Was that the conclusion that they came to was 
Marie being alive but disabled that like to that degree is pointless. <laughs> so we may as well just leave her alone in a virtual world. Luckily, that is not the framing that they end up with. The framing that they end up with is uh, they feel like that there's a way to get through to Marie, but that she's not ready to face the world yet. So uh, Mew wants to like leave her some like alone to heal for some time before trying to reintegrate her into the world. I think that's a better way to go about it. Than, yeah. Uh, we're just going to leave her here forever because uh, the fact that she can't walk uh, means that her life is pointless. <laughs> yes. I- I'm also very glad they did. Very thoughtful. Yeah, you you say what you were going to say. Yeah, uh, sure. I'm, I'm also glad they didn't frame it that way. And I think, luckily, even if they had, because of the way that Caligula 2 ends up resolving Mari's plotline, that kind mm-hmm. of would have been moved. So, yeah, it would have been like rough to read in the moment, you know, but um... yeah. I do I do generally like where uh Marie goes into, you know. Yeah, definitely. It, it's almost like it's almost hard for me to imagine that they didn't have parts of two plotted out when they were writing this. Mm-hmm. Because like right. you know, two pulls from this novel very heavily for the Bari stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fen, what was your thought? You looked very thoughtful the whole time I was saying that bit. I did not. Okay, I finished this this morning, and I was trying to read it while uh, people were talking, and so I didn't absorb a lot of <laughs> um, people. Big sign appears over my head saying "people." <laughs> it was mostly Heather. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, it's very funny. A world where you could redo things. Uh, yeah, they say redo. Yeah. It's really fun. Um. <laughs> Uh, they don't get do her uh, her last name. They don't. They have not traded for her uh, her adopted last name, mm-hmm. which I don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hadn't remembered the bit where Mew says, um, "See, we need to give Wicked a little more time. I want to yes. give her heart a place to rest." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that framing more, right? Because it's yeah. really easy to be like, well, if she can't walk and she can't use her arms, then what's the point of her even being alive? You know? Yeah. Yeah, which would get into bad eugenics territory. And luckily, if there's one thing that Caligula Effect is like very consistently good about, it's that eugenics is really fucking bad and evil. <laughs> this is another thing that I do think that I like about Marie generally is that despite her circumstances being like really grim, she is never like, I want, I think I should die, right? So at one point, she's like, I think I should sacrifice myself, but that's different. Mm-hmm. Wicked is never like, I would rather be dead than unable. Wicked clings to life with like a sheer, like, passion and fury that I think is really great, right? Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Even even when uh, Marie from uh, Caligula Effect Two is like, no, it's okay, kill me, and 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 redo and bring us all, bring yourselves all back to the real world. Wicked is like, fuck that, I am not going to go quietly. You know, uh-huh. this is this is what I like about her. One of the things I like about her. Yeah, it's like it's not up to other people to decide if Wicked's life is worth something. It's up to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she never thinks that her own life is worth worthless. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. So, yes. They make a, a, a world of NPCs for Wicked to grow up different and have, a, like, a life where she becomes a better person. You know what I mean? Or not a different person, right? Yeah. Where she wasn't abused. Mm-hmm. It's, like, kind of vague, well, but we get some It feels more like stuff they did the, like, Dwarf Fortress uh, generation mm-hmm. because she's immediately at the same age she's immediately in high school yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah they've like, like oh, crammed her she head had a... full of false memories yeah seems like yeah. uh-huh it's like okay we've set up the world now we just have to like simulate it for 16 years uh-huh and then uh-huh, uh-huh. there's a good there's a so the bit at the end is the protagonist gets to return to real life and ha- has dreams of m- like meeting uh Marier at school mm-hmm. you know what i mean and is a thing uh says that it's mew bring the two of them together every now and then right yes it's um that stuff is really interesting in the context of two because in two mari uses guns which are also the weapon yeah the weapon of the protagonist of one so make of that what you will yeah dual pistols um also, uh, the the stinger at the end is Marie like kind of shyly being like, you know, I've started like composing music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, that's a fun like. Oh yeah, you could you even even as an entirely different person, mm-hmm. she's still interested in composing music. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's great. It's like um, it's really. It feels unfinished, right? It feels like it's holding its breath. But this is what Caligula Effect 2 is for, right? Yes. Yeah. So in the context of having Caligula play Caligula Effect 2, I'm like, oh, this is great. You know? Like, yeah. I do I do like it for what it is. But again, it feels like it's like stopping before it's done. You know? It's mm-hmm. like, we're going to punt this problem a little later. Uh, Don't worry. We'll get back to it. And they did. And I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Honestly, I would... I don't know how well this would shake out, but I'm at least going to suggest it. Uh, if you want to play Caligula Effect 2 and you haven't still somehow, but you don't want to play Caligula Effect 1 for understandable reasons, maybe still try reading this novel before you do 2? Mm. Because honestly, this novel is more relevant to 2 than most of Caligula Effect 1 is. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. 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 Marie is certainly very, very important too. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I would go as far as to like call her like the heroine of the series in a way. Mm-hmm. She's barely in one. Yeah, is if you count if you count the three parts equally, then she's uh the main character of two and of uh, the second part, and then the like princi- uh, principal character in three. So I yeah. could see that. Her like her arc is the quintessential arc, right? It's yeah. like I have nothing left to live for. I have no there's no point to me being in this world. Uh, but I'm gonna forge connections and decide that like returning to reality is worth it, right? E- even in the most dire of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I really like how like this novel handles her because like, you know, hear me out here. Yes, she is terrible. Yes, she like gaslit gaslights kindergartners and like you know <laughs> tries to drive a student to suicide but does get two people killed and gets two people killed but also is it really her fault debatable um 
Oh, <laughs> one second. Listen, I think that uh, I think it's okay if she killed those people. Sure. Okay. This is my this is my Tsukihime brain where I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, and no one's like, we need to turn her into the cops. Oh, no. You know yes, mean? absolutely. So Marie has done all of these horrible things, but on some level, they are kind of understandable because, like, on some level, because of her upbringing. She, like, does not believe that love and, like, meaningful human connection can exist in Mm. any form. And something I really like about this novel is that, like, yeah, there's the bit at the end where the protagonist tells her, like, you gotta get over yourself a bit. But, like, also, there is a sense of, um... There is a sense of, like society will not help people like marie like she Mm -hmm. is born into an abusive situation through no fault of her own and when she goes to school like yes she contributes to making the school environment worse but controversially like on the reverse the school environment can also do nothing to help her Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the things she does is like egg people on to do things that they are already primed to do, right? Yes, like, it, it's cast. Yeah, like, it's a people throwing friends out. Yeah, it's a this novel is honestly, and I didn't expect this as I was going to like as I was going in to read this for the first time. Like seventy percent of this novel is a school cast novel. So if you mm-hmm. like that sort of thing, you'd be really at home with this book. And I think those parts of it are, like, really incredible and um, uh-huh. solid. I think something that's interesting about Marie is that she's kind of a... She's like a cycle of violence character, right? She's like, I was abused, so I abuse other people. We even get a moment where she... Uh, when she's killing her mom, her virtual mom, she realizes that the words she's saying are exactly the same things that her father would say when she would when he would beat her, right? Mm-hmm. And the the conclusion that it comes to is that uh, this is not this is not the Last of Us two. <laughs> this is not the Last of Us. You are not like permanently trapped in this. You can be something else. You know what I mean? She wants to be something else. Uh, it is not her destiny to be her father. You know? Yes, and, and also, I really like that conclusion. You know, at no point in any of Murray's content, you know, spread across the series, is there the idea that she is, like, equally as bad as her parents? No. Yeah. Because yeah. she's young. She fucked up. She, she, fu- she shit, fucked you know? up. She did some awful shit. But also, she was funneled through society really badly and, like, you know... Mm-hmm. It's yeah, a- I, guess, I guess this is this is, to your point, Ben, it's kind of a... Yes, that doesn't mean that she's irrevocably evil. Yeah. She just needs a better world to live in. Mm-hmm. One that will treat uh-huh. her better. At least so that she can get a different perspective. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because all she can see is the worst version of every single person around her. Even when people like Sakura was never laughing at her. Sakura genuinely cared about her. But all she could see was that she was tricking her, right? Yeah. Uh, so what she needs is a different perspective on people so that when people do genuinely care about her, she can accept that, like, caring. 
Yes, and that yeah. leads perfectly yeah. into you can't change Caligula Effect 2. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah, you can't change the world, right? Yeah, I think... Uh, or that's that's kind of the thing with Caligula Effect. Uh, the downer thing is, uh, no, a better world isn't possible. But we have each other. <laughs> yeah, know? it's... um. I think, like, I think, you know, thinking of, like, the three parts as a universal, like, you know, like, as a unit, right? Mm -hmm. It's, this novel is, like, kind of really important to, like, what Caligula Effect is going for, because, like, so much of both Overdose and 2 is fixated on the idea that, like, the world outside of Mobius and Redo is hell in mm -hmm. some way. And like, if you are a living person, you probably know that on some level, but also, mm -hmm. um, it's, I really like the way that, you know, this as the middle chapter, like is a really strong depiction of that idea because most of the book does not take place in Mobius. We get stuff like uh, when Sakura disappears from school, the teacher like talks to Marie and is like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you go talk to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm staying out of it. You know, when uh, when the protagonist visits Marie uh, in the hospital, we get the doctors just like jabbing her with needles and letting her bleed because they think she can't feel or hear anything that's happening. And what? who cares? She's not going to wake up anyway. You know? Yeah. And it's just miserable. And it's like uh caligula effect is a lot about um looking reality dead on and like knowing that it's bad and that it's not going to magically get better right yeah uh and it's a little it's a little um uh doomer in that way you know what i mean of like uh like i said uh the people who are building a better world are not actually building a better world that that better world can't exist you do have to live in hell uh, i think two is a little less doomer mm -hmm. I, yeah. at least yeah, compared yeah. to the stuff completely down there yeah it's like it's like you could read it in uh the way of we can't change things because we're just people right yeah and like that's kind of freeing, but also kind of sad, right? Yeah. Not, it is not a, a a series about coming together with your peers to make the world a better place. It's, uh, well, I think part of that it's is... It's to make the world better for you. To, like, find people to make the world bearable for you. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that most, just by nature of what type of game it is, mm -hmm. uh, most people's... Uh, problems are very personal yes uh yeah and they're not really about like well, the novel is more yeah like society needs to be better uh -huh. but um most people's problems are i have a personal issue that i need to work through mm, this is i'm actually like thinking about it now because like kotano or uh what what is what is the the big guy's name the, Kotaro? The big, big Kotaro? Kotaro, right. His whole thing is, um, like, I was adopted by pe by family members who hate me for appearances and they treat me like shit. You know what I right. mean? That's, like, yeah. family shit. Yeah, but... The girl, uh, the, like, shy girl from Caligula Effect 1, her thing is that she's ostracized by her schoolmates. She's also a school cast story. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would, I would definitely say that, like... Caligula Effect, I think, especially in this novel, which is just, like, straight up a school cast novel, 
does mm-hmm. understand that, like, you know, you have to personally overcome things, but also the reason you have to personally overcome things is because you have been failed by society's instructors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does have a lot of underpinnings of uh, Japanese, like rigid Japanese society and expectations uh, beats people to shit. And uh, this is why no one wants to look at the real world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the positive way of reading uh, this is you're not going to change the world by looking away from it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. God. Click Effect 2 is really good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think, are there like any characters in Click Effect whose like problem is like, like, purely personal with like no societal like thing at all i guess this is the thing is like i uh, ayana is like uh idol culture uh, yeah ayana is yeah. like idol culture kotanos is like stigma around single mothers like they all have some aspect of society that they are beating beaten down no, i by. did not connect that until it was like, yeah. pointed out the yes i guess i was yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking of um Shogo and Kot- Kotaro. Mm-hmm. Uh Kotaro as like he's just a small guy. <laughs> and and Shogo is like, yeah, you need to go to therapy. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, Sh- Shogo's is a little more sort of like individualized, but I would say that's mm-hmm. more the exception than the rule. Yes. Yes. Thorn uh has a very personal problem that she's making everyone's <laughs> problem. Yes. God, the musician's ending is is just What an impeccable. ending. What a girl. I love Thorn. Mm-hmm. You know, Wicked would have uh, won uh, against the Go Home Club if she was just willing to not drag it out, like, a little bit longer. She yeah. have just poisoned the food and killed them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like Kotamine in the Fate Root, lost to her mm-hmm. own love of pleasure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's the world through her eyes. Yeah, re- really good book. Nadia is such a bastard. <laughs> yeah, she sucks so uh, much. Apparently, they did design this book to be readable without the game. I have no idea how that would flow, but you know, if you're I not interested, you at least need to know the setup for the game. Yeah, because it's really like nonsense if you don't uh, if you don't know the setting at least. Yeah, but right. if you read yeah. the afterward, they're definitely like, "Oh, we designed this so you don't have to read the game to read it. Play the game they to read say it." Something like, yeah, it's like the idea that uh, a, a Vocaloid is also a digital god is. <laughs> Not that hard to grasp if some if you if it's explained to you, but if you go into this cold, it might be a little bit uh, disorienting. Yeah, I, I'm mainly just adding this to say I think this is honestly a pretty good book. Uh, if you're not yeah. playing the games for whatever reason, still maybe give it a read. You could even if you're just playing two, go back and read yes. this. Oh, de- definitely. It, it, like I saw the Marie stuff uh, from two before I saw this, and I. It does make her, um, if you read this first, if you go in cold and you read this first, you might have a much darker view of Marie than if you go into Caligula Effect 2 first, where she's just like a nice girl until you find out her, her tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is, she's a great character. The ben, fact that she can ben carry was both. disappointed in me that I did Marie's ending first. Uh, Wait, what do you mean? 
So, yeah. Into you you were like, "Oh, you shouldn't have done Maria's ending. It's like the fun the fun bit of there's something under the surface as you do her social links and uh, oh right 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 because i didn't go back to play the the that ending until the very very end of the game yeah. uh so i didn't know who wicked was until i had already yeah the game. I, or, like, I, I had only gotten the like bits at the corners i don't know if i was disappointed i was just like i had fun doing it that way yeah, yeah i am um, the way i did it when i read two was um i just made a save before the big choice because it was very obvious to me which one would lead to the dead end so i'm like yeah so i did the dead end and then wicked popped up and then me having played overdose having read this book i popped off so fucking uh-huh. hard it's like if you're in it it's such a big pop-off moment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i did not know what was going to happen uh uh in that scene because i didn't know who wicked was that no. scene is extremely yuri if you're playing it's as like, the yes. female protagonist very romantic uh stabbing her in the chest <laughs> it did posting on my posting on my alt me and who it's such a good scene. It is. Murray is such a good character. Uh, one of my, like, all-time favorites. So... Mm-hmm. They could get her set up so that she can make music. Yeah. They do, like, uh, uh, there's, like, uh, tools for picking up your the, the tone that you're singing at to, like, translate into note, MIDI notes. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Before. There's ways. She's also composing uh, the, 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 the composing music in in what would later become redo. Uh huh. So we don't really get any. Do does she talk about may, be making music in Caligula Effect Two? I wish we had gotten some of that. I I there I there are that. a few moments. I think it's been a little bit since I've played, but I'm pretty sure they're there. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I do love Cosmo Dancer, but I wish that she had gotten a second song as uh, uh, the the other Marie too. It is very funny. The the I I understand why. Uh, this novel. My final thought on this: this novel did kind of make me wish that somehow it was possible that there were like four or five songs that played in the background of every dungeon. Mm. I that uh, would be so good, but that would be too much. Like that would be too much for so them. I think it would be so much work. <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. I know that like the the realities of production uh-huh. uh just make that impossible. It's so much easier to have a single song that is like, hey, hey, this is the song of this character and their pair. Uh-huh. Um but <laughs> her talking about other songs uh, other wicked songs i'm like yeah, yeah. god can no, you yeah. can, can, can you imagine if each musician in both games had a fucking playlist yeah had that an would be album. incredible oh it would be so good i, I want to crowdfund this can we crowdfund the Bury album <laughs> <laughs> all right I think that's, uh, how long have we been going? Is that the end hour of Legal half. Effect for now? Yeah. How long is that? I, hour and a half. Hour and a half, not this bad. This episode. Yeah. Um, does anyone have any other thoughts about, uh, 
the the Marie novel? Uh, I love her. She is wonderful. She did nothing wrong. She did some things wrong, but we love her anyway. Yes. <laughs> she did a lot of things wrong, but that, I still love her. Yes. I... The, oh, right. I do have one more thing. I support women's wrongs. <laughs> the The bit where the protagonist is like her... Oh, God, where is it? Um, Basically, is like, yeah, her injuries aren't, aren't like, don't pay for all the the pain that she's caused mm-hmm. or aren't like pun it or huh, give me one sec let me let me find it oh her wounds and pain wouldn't make up for the all the horrors and pain she'd inflicted on others uh the lingering pain was both her reward and her punishment for all her sins and yet uh yeah and like yeah that is a fun like mm-hmm. yeah it's not she hasn't like atoned for everything that she's done mm-hmm. but also there's yeah. No. Yeah, but also yeah, like, like you know, considering her circumstances, like how could she even meaningfully atone? What would that even look like? Yes. That's yeah. not even a question yeah, that's yeah. brought up cuz like she can't. Putting her Yeah, putting her in like a, a prison hospital isn't going to change anything for anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, you know, as you said earlier, it is kind of sneaky he may have like, oh, this girl has like yeah. done some fucked up things, but she has her reasons and it's not like punishing her would make things better so yeah yeah like yeah atonement is a personal process that they have to go through uh they've stopped now and that's the most that we can hope for for the sake of the world yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's that's great you know definitely okay that's the end all right it's been fun uh one day let's meet in the digital sea uh So let's talk about Melty Blood Act 2. Fan, what are you doing? Do we have anything to talk about about it? <laughs> That's an excellent question. So the thing is that like Melty Blood Act 1 or Melty Blood, the manga, the first act that is not Act 2, uh, it is ba- it is the same thing as a root of uh, the, the, the Melty Blood game, the OG Melty Blood story mode. Yeah. Unlike Act 1, there is Wait. no interesting story here. <laughs> yes. It is a the, gag story. The, the interesting about... story here is in the scanlation notes, because as you get through the chapters, at the end of the chapters, it's like, oh, we're, recruit- we're recruiting more guys. Five chapters later, three of our editors left. We need more scanlators <laughs> now. <laughs> Five chapters later, I'm working on my second novella. That's the environmental storytelling of reading this game. And it it was the best part of reading this. The the one uh, moment that really made me, like, uh, sit up in my chair for a second was the, the, like side story bit checking in on Sion where she said the words the wandering sea yes Sion's chapter is so weird because it's so tonally dissonant from the rest of like that is a chapter from the first multi-plot manga they just threw it to the second Uh uh-huh and added some gags too yeah okay so what is the story of this uh, I would say that much like the first six volumes of the Melty Blood manga that we covered last time, this is a faithful 
uh uh like adaptation of this story with which a beach is to episode say, on the end <laughs> yes but which is to say it makes no sense there's no connective tissue it's just a series of goofs that aren't very funny mm-hmm. miyako is not yeah. interesting or fun really Yes. The thing it is, is kind of funny Nasu that she has loves a, a Brocon. <laughs> yes, yes. Nasu loves an Emoto and a Brocon. The the only bit that is kind of funny of Miyako is that she has an uncontrollable urge to headbutt Shiki. That's like kind of <laughs> yeah. funny. Yes. Part of me wonders, would this be funny er in anime form where they could have the Seiyu give like over the top comedic performances? I could see that being really annoying. Ah, uh, true. It would, Good animation either, can save a lot of things. It would either be I mean. insufferable or way funnier. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. It would really comes down to, like, performance. Yes. Uh, oh, I do also like the... I do also like the bit where Miyako goes to ring their doorbell and she's, like, two feet too short to get it. <laughs> yeah. That's also pretty funny. I, I Over the 17 uh, chapters we read, I'd say there are about... Four funny jokes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Some good faces. There is a joke that made me laugh out loud, and it's the first time Mechahisui is shown on screen. Yes. And uh, in her eyes is cast in the name of God. You not, not guilty. guilty. I didn't <laughs> notice that. What the fuck? It's so funny. <laughs> they even call her a Mega Deuce too. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, I was saying now you're getting my live reaction, which is yes, that's really fucking yes, funny. That's a really good joke. Uh, I also I'm thought sure. the Kaji reference was funny, but not as funny yes. as that. Yeah, that that is also in the game, uh, which was totally inexplicable to me because I did not know what Kaji was at the time. Is it in I, the game? It is. Yeah, Shiki's little like sprites in the text box turn into that face. Oh, I'd completely. I remember because I was like, that. "What the fuck happened to his face?" And then later I saw fan art of Kai, uh, Kaiji and was like, "Oh, it's a joke about this sweaty guy mm-hmm. who plays Mahjong." Yes. Yeah. Shiki plays Mahjong. I get I get the joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shiki plays Mahjong and has a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the bit is this may the plot is Miyako has a weird dream, uh, and like thinks that Shiki's in trouble. She goes to save him because he hasn't been visiting her or whatever. Len is kind of bopping around, leading her. There is some interesting plot stuff about Len in the Melty Blood game. They don't really do anything with that here. Uh, there no, is one. They don't get to g- it. There is one kind of trippy question mark nightmare sequence with yes. her that I did like. That was a decent yes. bit. They're like gesturing broadly at the stuff with White Len, but uh, doesn't they don't go. There into is it. a conclusion to that. There is like a there is a story involved with that that just they're not touching for some reason. I, it made me think like, is there a third arc, uh, act? And there no. is not. Maybe they wanted to do one. I could see that. Yeah. So anyway, we we got a hint of this in the in Act One. Kohaku's been possessed. Uh by uh whatever remains of Tatari and she starts well, acting up. Well, yeah. wait, the reveal is that Miyako was possessed. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is this is yeah. Yeah. Um 
Let's see. Uh, some 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 of the bits ma- did make me laugh. I do like this is. I feel like uh, Kiha's very in character in this. Uh, there's like a bit where she's like listing off all the horrible shit she said to Kohaku recently, and then she's like, "But I really don't think any of it's enough to make her hold a grudge against me." And yeah. everyone's like, "Yes, it is." Yes. Um. That's very uh, Kiha to me. Yeah, yeah. Arcoid is the other heroine who I think like her and Akia are the two who can transition between like serious Sikihime and comedy fan disky stuff relatively seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Akiha being like a shitty old businessman is funny. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a weird little miser. It's 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 funny stuff. And then her beating the shit out of people. Also funny. And then like Arcoid's personality uh, kind of like this. Yeah, Arcoid's personality functionally does not change between serious and gag bands. Okay. She's like dumber. Yeah. Yes. She's she's like less smart than normal and she's like uh I miss I miss her being sad. <laughs> yeah, she's she's, she's not, not sad. sad and she and she is not like a manifestation of nature's hatred of humans. But mm-hmm. um she, like she makes the cut relatively seamlessly, you know, mm-hmm. compared to some other characters including Kohaku. They they didn't figure it Kohaku. out. Kohaku gets uh, butchered in Melty Blood. She gets butchered here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, she's like uh, uh, built a bunch of evil sweet robots and she's trying to take over the Tono family. Yeah, so, like, they so, so. basically mm-hmm. do a like kind of gag version of the end of Kohaku's route where Kohaku's like, yeah. oh, I'll make you fight Cheeky by turning you into uh-huh. a giant. Yeah. <laughs> That you. is what happens in the game. Yeah. Gia is miserable. Just a terrible fight. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's like Miyako finds Kohaku's evil secret plan diary, and like the first like panel of that where she's like talking about the ways in which she turns people against each other without ever being in the spotlight. I'm like, yeah, this is Kohaku to me. And then it turns into ho oh, ho ho. Now I'm a super villain. I'm like a nasty mad scientist, and I'm like. Yeah. yeah, you know, Kohaku's too smart to write any of this down anyway, huh? So <laughs> this is all, this the, all feels bad. The funniest bit of that, mm-hmm. and the the translation almost immediately discards this, mm-hmm. funniest bit of that is Miyako opening it going, wait a sec, I can't read any of these kanji. <laughs> oh, it's because Len's reading over her shoulder. Len can read it. Yeah. So we get to see it but all. I mean, That's like, kind like, of funny, yeah. The first, the first panel that is translated is using words that is like, yeah, I would believe like an eight-year-old or however old Miyako is couldn't read this. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of is like, okay, we're just going to give up on that whole conceit mm-hmm. and just translate it using Maybe relatively she knows simple language. no kanji. <laughs> Um, she's she's pretty small. Yeah, I said she was like fine. two feet too short for the doorbell. <laughs> anyway, there's a bunch of fights. Um, uh, CL got brainwashed. The one funny bit of that is when she like kindly snaps back to and she's trying to warn Akiha that Kohaku's gone bad and Akiha drops a cinder block on her head and then walks off. <laughs> That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's also a, a homosexual moment with Sion where she's like, 
I've uh, massively lowered my brain's parameters so that I can store yeah. the, the like li living data of my gr dead girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. that, that, that was good. <laughs> That's good. Ally to Yuri everywhere. Uh huh. So yes, the the co the conclusion of this is Kohaku uh makes Akiha big and tells her that if she doesn't uh beat up Shiki, then she's gonna be big forever because Kohaku has an antidote and then. That's it. Uh, wait, wait, she like uh, grows to like, what is that? Like fifty feet tall or something like that. Thirty yeah. feet tall, and then Kohaku's like, yeah, "That's right." And your power is doubled, and she, everyone's like, "Only doubled?" <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we get a beach episode at the end because Shiki promised to bring Miyako to the beach forever ago and, and never. Calling mm -hmm. calling it a beach episode is being generous. It's a beach. Five panels. Yes. Uh, it is everyone in swimsuits. Okay, okay, okay. Funny things about the swimsuits. CL, <laughs> still wearing a crucifix to the yes. beach. Very funny. Akiha's branded Tono swimsuit and sunglasses. Very funny. Uh, Kohaku having to wear her kimono to the beach. Pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, the reveal that uh, Hisui, in, who is also in her maid outfit, is actually a robot and real Hisui <laughs> is back home, not at the beach in her maid outfit. <laughs> funny. Also pretty funny. Hisui's uh, directing the cleanup. Yes. Like, okay. The, uh huh. Bots, numbers. Yes, yes. Uh, go over there. And... Yeah, that's that's about it. But yeah, and there's some like bit of uh, Len and White Len, like nightmare sequence, but it doesn't really like do anything or go anywhere it really does feel like oh there were they were going to do the white line storyline next but like canceled the manga because it's not very good yeah. <laughs> we have more manga at some point right yeah yeah this we was not a good sell for for type moon manga no. Um, I mean, I mean specifically Melty Blood Manga. Okay. Um, Let's see. Melty Blood X is number 35 on our list. Yeah, you have X, and um, then you have uh, then you have the Melty Blood Fco crossover manga, which is like stupidly hmm. big brain. I'm not gonna say any more than that, but it's <laughs> it's like very much simultaneously trying to be a funny gag thing, but also be filled with, like, dank Nasu themes. That's... okay. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Um... Yeah. Oh, the the Back Alley Alliance is also mentioned. Oh, yeah, Sion is... They're, like, uh, one of Sion's, like, uh, secretary or whatever is like, oh, yeah, you got a letter from the Back Alley Alliance. And she's <laughs> like, that doesn't... There is no such group by that name because Yumizuka is dead in this timeline. Uh -huh. Um. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This. Yeah. This. Again, they said the Wandering Sea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The most interesting thing in this manga. We can't talk about why that's interesting, but it is a very cool phrase. Yeah, there's some cool stuff that she says. Mm -hmm. Talks about Crimson Moon coming back. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, uh, Scion's chapter is like functionally from a different manga. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But also, <laughs> Neko Arc is there. Yeah. Diegetically. Okay, <laughs> the funniest bit of Neko Arc being there is that I'm like, maybe it's a cat she subspecies. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 I don't really have anything else to say about that. Yeah, I... I uh, we're done with Melty Blood for a while, thank fuck. Uh, wait, yeah. do you not have Actress again to do? Do you have a bit before you got there? Yeah, we, we have though. a bit before we got there. Okay. All about Araxia alone is going to take some time. You we know? have a, another different fighting game before we get to Actress again. Yeah. I can't believe we're t- going to talk about that. <laughs> Tiger Coliseum has plot, Ben. Oh, you're... D- There's story in there. T- it's probably mostly like... Okay. Uh, you just want to see, uh, what is it, Shiro get punted or whatever? Okay, game is, is Tiger Coliseum translated? Uh, there is a like series of YouTube videos that are translated. Okay. Uh, oh, God, um, some of these are like 20 minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't think this counts as spoilers. Uh, I have some trans- I have some like friends who, you know, are slash were in the fandom and like, you know, no Japanese can translate stuff, etc. Uh, to quote one of them, why would I ever translate Tiger Coliseum? It's just a bunch of kanji puns. You can't translate it good. <laughs> So look forward to that, I guess. Oh, I'm so excited, man. Okay. I'm Stay tuned, I guess. We might delay that one. For fucking five Yeah, we're gonna delay it for fucking like five years so we can get good enough at Japanese to read Tiger Coliseum. <laughs> no. I meant until we've run out of good things to talk about. Oh, <laughs> Speaking of good things to talk about, we're going to do Hollow at Araxia next. Yeah. I hope I like it more than I liked Fate Stay Night. Possible. Possible. I think that's also... Okay, the two funniest outcomes are uh, I hate it even though everyone I know loves it, or I like it more than Fate Stay Night to the infuriation of most of the people I know. (laughs) (laughs) If it helps, I also think Hollow at Araxia is better than Fate Stay Night. Uh, by a little bit. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Interesting. I'm so curious where I land on Holoraxia. Because, and I will probably say this again at the beginning of our next episode. Uh Uh-huh. Um. Oh, right, yeah. Um. But, yeah. I'm curious how I feel about it. Because I tend... I don't hate comedy, but it's not why I come to. And I know that there is real stuff. Y- yes, yes, there is there. a. Well, you know, I'm not going to say anything about it, but there is a like meaningful plotline with characters who have arcs and themes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is yes, that is exciting because I feel like Kagetsu Toya had scenes. Yeah. that had plot yeah it didn't have like a plot yeah hollow ataraxia has it had something you could a, call a plot yes yeah. hollow ataraxia has a capital p plot mm-hmm. cool i'm excited to uh i'm excited to read it and start it I did love like it in uh, Gigatsu Toya when the uh, the like snow and summer CG would come up and that like song would play. That was always good. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was cool. You know, had some good moments. Gigatsu Toya yeah. does have moments. You know, you can debate if the whole oh, yeah. thing holds yeah. up. It doesn't, but like there are cool things no. in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It is still one of the worst things we've done for the podcast, I feel like. Yeah. Um, looking through... Yeah, I think I would say it is the worst thing that we've done for the podcast. I think it's probably better than this. Mm. Then Act 2, yes. definitely. Then Act 2... But like, I guess, well, okay. Mm. I guess as a whole, as a whole, there's so much bad in Kagetsu Toya. But there but it, 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 it does have high highs. I guess it, it has highs, which is more than I can say about Act Two. Yes, <laughs> yes. it has highs to begin with. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I, I love Nanako Chan SOS. I love Red Demon God. I love Prince of Boon. Mm-hmm. Story for the evening. All good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't agree with all of those. I think some of them are fine. But story for the evening. Yeah. That one's great. That one's incredible. Terrible ending. Yeah, except for the last minute retcon. But the nice Just cut like a just cut a couple screens early and it would be the perfect story. <laughs> yes, uh de- definitely. Um Yeah. I, I think um I think aside from early AFCO chapters, Kagetsu Toya will probably remain in the lower end of things that you cover throughout your run. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Maybe some other gag stuff. Maybe some other gag stuff and probably... Gag stuff that doesn't even have some, like, plot high points. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, Let's see. I might put Kagetsu Toya above AFCO Arc 1. All of it. What? I'd have to. Th- we'll, uh, I'd have to we'll think on that it. That'll be really interesting. I, I'd have to think on that one. Um. I, oh, I, it does have yeah, drinking. Just, demon. It does have drinking. Dreaming moon. That might be the final push for me. <laughs> Fence wrinkling her nose up. What a miserable epilogue. I love it. <laughs> it's it's great. Um. Yeah, we're part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. Um, you can... How do outros go? It's a great question. <laughs> you usually do it, so... Abnormal Mapping I usually just Network, like... you can find us here. And then I think that's oh. it, right? Listen to other Abnormal Mapping podcasts. You I've been catching it. up on Abnormal Mappings. Mm-hmm. Jackson and M are good at talking about video games as it turns out good at podcast um i am on one episode of great gundam project so you can hear me there what episode uh let me uh it's gundam seed episode 45 and 46 i don't know what number ggp that is seed not seed yes seed actually i know what pokemon we covered that episode uh, oh, what Pokemon? <laughs> I, I, I okay. Let's see. Um, not. Ty, I think it was Tyrone. Let, 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 me, let me see if I can Google this. Tyrone poke. Yeah. Okay. Tyrone Pokemon Pokedex number. That would. Let's see. What? what yes, I am on GGP two thirty six. Two thirty six. Yeah. Oh. Okay. 
Tyrone is not this Pokemon's <laughs> name. I was like, that's just a guy's name. It's Tyrogue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, Tyrone? I, I like hyped Tyrone Pokemon into, into Google and got a bunch of extremely racist do- doctored Pokemon cards in the image results. It was insane. Oh, no. I, think, I think in the episode, I guessed it as Tyler Mon. <laughs> <sighs> okay yes um if you dear listener would like to guest on this here podcast mm-hmm. we have lauren joining us for the next episode mm-hmm. but you could guest on the highly regarded fate stay night studio dean adaptation oh <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> Uh, and if you wanted to do that, you could DM us on Twitter, or uh, most of you are in the Discord. You don't know that. Um, I see people all the time now who are like, oh, I listen to Fate Moon Archive, okay, and that's I don't true. know them. And I'm like, whoa. There are a shit. shocking number of people in the wild who listen to our show, and I'm like, wait a sec. <laughs> who are I you? S- yeah, I saw someone uh, completely uh, random on Twitter talking about it. I was like, whoa, holy shit. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. Um, uh, yes. Where can people find you, Catherine? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, uh, at KimiCatherine1 on Twitter. Um, I mostly tweet about, like, either, um, either VNs or just random life stuff. So if that sounds interesting to you, uh, give me a follow and maybe I'll follow you back. Where can people find you, Ben? You can find me on Twitter at Ben Ends. You can find me my uh, visual novel dev account slash other things uh, at Doom Gender. I'm coming to the point. I'm in the home stretch of trying to get part one of my visual novel Reckless Sympathy out. Uh, it's going um, about as well as game dev does go in the final hours, so to speak. Uh, so maybe that'll be out this month. Maybe never. We'll find out together. Uh, yeah, and if you wanted to leave a five-star review for noted podcast, Fate Moon Archive, on Apple Podcast or another platform that allows for reviews, what could they say? They could say, um, what could they say? (laughs) (laughs) Catherine, you got a good review? I I got a good review. They uh, They're a good duo who gets very talented guests including Catherine the most <laughs> talented guest <laughs> how about uh Mizuguchi Mori did nothing wrong yes Leo, if you leave that yeah. as your five star review I will give you a five star review as a human being wow <laughs> alright next time uh we're doing uh fate? some part of Alataraxia fate zero actually we um, don't I don't know how far into it we're gonna get it, we're gonna find that out. This is gonna be a weird one to follow. Lauren says that she's got a, a, a something, uh, some way to work it out. Oh, uh, exciting! After our first episode, I feel like we'll have a better idea of how to talk yes. about what we're covering. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I have not even booted up uh, Tolerance. Yeah. Do we have a URT time? Oh, Funeral Parade of Roses. Funeral Parade of Roses. Yeah. What is it in Japanese? Bara no Soretsu. 
Yeah, that's it. Uh, I looked that up so I could talk about it in my Japanese class, but then uh, talked about Tampopo instead, which is also great. What a great movie. Funeral Parade of Roses, also a fantastic movie. Yeah. I haven't still, seen it. So still I need to that. watch it. Maybe I'll watch it in preparation for the episode. You should. I think we're having a watch party. Oh, right. We are. I have it on. Uh, I have a Blu-ray of it, too, I think. But I think Marin's going to do a watch party in the Discord. Oh, cool. perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, Fen? One day. Yes. One day let's meet in the digital sea. whisper that so quietly i'm so sorry <laughs> you're probably gonna have to boost that probably have to boost my audio in general I'm... you have to enunciate it more one day let's one day one day let's meet the you're still whispering. <laughs> that was a whisper that was intentionally not enunciating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one day let's meet in the digital one day digital meet dig- in the digital, digital one day in let's digital, meet in digital. the digital sea all right i'm gonna keep things fresh by eating some senbei on stream Ooh. munch 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 fan's giving me such a look you don't have to edit it fan
That is true. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> like munch on Sunday while you're uh, talking. I don't have any. This is a joke. I have one small can of Mountain Dew. This will have to tide me over. Is it another can or is it the same can you started off with? This. Okay, I did not have a can earlier. I was preparing to get a can when I needed it. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. This is the can. Okay. I have one more can. I am short one. Fen took one, I think. There's a can of Mountain Dew in your bedroom. I didn't bring one in there. What? Hmm. Fen was possessed by Rowan to stealing the Mountain Dew. I might have. Done Maybe this that. is from the last uh, time I had Mountain Dew because I, I remember you had one. Probably, of those. yeah. I haven't had a Mountain Dew in like weeks, months, at least a month. Hmm. Interesting. Fen expertly dodging responsibility. <laughs> I don't drink soda. <laughs> hmm. That's a broad, but incorrect statement. I have drunk soda in the past. And we'll do so in the future. I mean, I are you guess. willing to commit to never saying like, that you will never drink soda again? Live, live on the it. podcast, or on the podcast? Sure, you I'll say be, I'll never drink soda again. You will be publicly lambasted <laughs> the second a, you have a sip of soda. Yes. soda. Sure, I will okay. bring Catherine back on the podcast yes. to help me publicly uh, humiliate you. <laughs> Let's go. I'll just guest on whatever episode that is. <laughs> I'm on my second half cup of coffee. So you're getting I have, feisty? I had a half cup, and then I had a full cup, and I'm back to a half cup. Uh, so I'm, I'm at that weird. I'm at that weird point of exhaustion mm-hmm. plus caffeine, where. I'm like, oh, I could, I could just close my eyes and fall right asleep, but also my heart's pounding a little bit. <laughs> or I could like, like run. I could run. <laughs> I'm like, I could not fall asleep if, if I tried, even oh. though my eyes just are hard to keep open. Luckily, this is a short episode. I want to play Zelda. I want to play more Iosbun. Oh, <laughs> I have a hankering for Ios.